I'm coming in hot. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm here like that to the world and you're just as I normally am. I will, well, no, the last few times I've been pretty dead tired. Mm, you pick up in a moment. Yeah, I'll, I'll start to go. Something, something will catch my energy and then I'll... I'll be honest, going to bed at 6 a.m. last night is catching up to me, so... <laughs> I knew it would. Yeah. Yeah, that, but I didn't go to bed at 6 a.m., just you. No, I just kept waking up in the middle. I woke up in a confused state in the middle of the night last me, night. Like, death stares every time yeah. I woke up. I also think that by the time I actually fell asleep, you like ripped the remote away from me. I did. <laughs> I did, in fact, rip the remote away from you. I turned the TV off because I couldn't stand it anymore. I think you at one point had the pillow over your head. I did. You're grumpy. I was very grumpy. Yeah. All right, let's talk about it. I, and maybe this is what... Yeah, well, I was going to say, maybe this is what led me to my, like, prophetic rip that I'm about to go on. Because something in me ignited. I was like, I don't know. So it's com- it's coming. The bubble's about to pop. I can just feel it. I have this weird spidey sense going on. Your spidey senses are going Yeah. My weird, my weird spidey trading senses are going off. Yeah. And... I can just feel we're right there on, like, the precipice of the bubble actually, like... Right on the coast. About to pop right through. Yeah. And I I feel like it's been a pretty mixed reaction by the rest of the market. I feel like people don't even realize what's about to happen. But starting on Thursday, TGA is going to turn on, and shit's just going to rip, like... Shit's going to rip. Downwards, yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't normally get in these weird, like hardcore it's gonna happen moods so are you thinking it's gonna be like a snowball effect or like a domino effect or what do you what do you think i don't know how hard it's gonna go right off the right out of the gate i just know it's about to happen like i can feel it it's the same way right before the covid market fall i could tell it was getting close two weeks before and my brain just started writing about tsunamis and about how uh right before a tsunami the water pulls back so it looks like you can walk out and then it comes crashing down on you yeah and some people get tricked to walk like out thinking it's like a safe safe area but then you get fucked yeah so my brain tends to go to these like artistic visuals and Which I, think... I love because the way you write is very <laughs> captivating because you create pictures in my head but it's my intuition talking to me, yeah. essentially. It's trying to, and it expresses itself back out through, like, my journaling that I do with, with my trading. Mm-hmm. Is a lot of times, what I write is is very intuitive. When I write a sentence, it, it has several layers to it. It can mean something very deep. And even rereading it back through, I realize what I really meant in the multiple layers of, like, writing a certain sentence. Even in the reflection, sometimes I'm I'm hinting at things and I don't even realize that I'm hinting at them. Um, but my my mind is like running again, and it started to sort of pick up pace um, towards the end of April, and then May I could start to smell like, oh shit, it's co- it's coming again, and then now I'm like watching. I see the DIA lining up. I see the Dow lining up. I see. Uh, Jean, which 
or ExxonMobil, which no one is really covering right now. And it, it is right on its 250 and it's about to break down potentially into the 70s. Um, and so before a major market crash, typically oil leads the crash. So it will dip first. Okay. So um, I've had on the radar like, hey, watch out for Caterpillar. Watch out for Cat. Um because that is a good overall recession indicator. But I always keep my eye on oil because oil is like the uh, canary in the coal mine. It, it, will, it will let off the warning signal first. And if you're not paying close enough attention, which a lot of times people aren't, um, it's the first to go. And I think what's happened is OPEC's overplayed its hand and it's going gonna, it's gonna to create a double... Um, double whammy on the market with OPEC plus potentially uh, shocking uh, the market with reserves as well as at the same time, I think TGA is going to cause a bond shock on, on the equities market as well. And my, my brain has just been like super flighty. I knew it was coming. I could like over the last two weeks, I was like, I, I kept like in my in my writings, I kept putting these visual. It's almost like I go into this manic state, state, and then like the prophetic vision opens up, and I can see it, and then all of a sudden it, it occurs. Well, then, and everything starts aligning, and you're like, I fucking told you so. Yeah. Essentially. And it's weird how <laughs> how accurate my track record has generally been. I mean, I'm not perfect. Is it weird? Or are you just a fucking genius? It's okay. You're so cool. <laughs> I I doubt everything in life. I doubt I doubt even myself, but I I know to listen to myself at the end of the day. But it's so funny you say that because you're also like very confident in who you are, right? And what you do. Well, going back to like your art and your writing, you. I wouldn't say you're not confident about it. You just always, you're, you're a perfectionist about it, which I guess people could argue that that's, that shows lack of confidence. What I'm trying to get at is um, you're pretty damn good at what you do. I, I think I perfect over my, like, in quotes, art. Mm-hmm. Because I know the height of, like, where my manic states can go. And I don't mean manic in, like, the bipolar sense of, like, all of a sudden I'm on this, like, creative spree and I can't, like, control myself. It's, like, I've had moments of, like, pure epiphany where, and it was 100% and everything lined up and everything was correct and it was perfect and it was so effortless and I was in flow. Like, when I'm in flow and I'm just predicting left and right, like, I know everything that's happening and it's like a clock just ticking back and forth back and forth, like A, B, A, B. And I know exactly how the market's playing out. And uh, there's times where I'm out of flow and it's agonizing to write because I know how effortless those times are where I am just perfectly on and it's so easy. Um, but then when you miss it, you like, you really get on to yourself. Yeah, I mean, because I, I know what the what the height of my greatness is. I, I've been to those peaks before where it's just been perfectly played. And um, it's killer not to be that person all the time. 
you know? Yeah. Or I guess it's not that I'm not that person all the time. It's that those events don't happen all the time that I don't. It's not that I'm constantly seeking them out. It's that I know when a major black swan feels like it's about to occur. Well, and I, I mean, I would also argue, you know, you've got your tribe, and so you feel responsible to, you know, make the right calls so that you can help your tribe. And so when you're wrong, you feel this sense of, like, letting others down. Yeah, that too. Um, but Although not like that much. Said, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, like, you're not perfect and, you know, people make mistakes. But I would say nine times out of ten, you fucking nail it on the head. Yeah, it's just about risk mitigation and, and properly aligning to those nine out of ten so that the te- one-tenth doesn't kill you. And also spending your days and nights studying the market. Just constantly reading. I mean... <laughs> and reading, yeah. Just... You know me, I'm... Yeah, you see me all the time. Researcher. I just research endlessly whatever is driving me yeah. in those moments. And it's funny because I'll try to have, like, a side conversation with you, and you're like, uh-huh, yeah, I'm like, all right, well, we'll just talk about it later, because your, your <laughs> mind is preoccupied, but... I think your work is really important, and it's really helped a lot of people. Yeah, I I mean, I hope so. I am just, I'm in this weird fixation mood right now, right now, tonight, specifically. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, this is like last week with the, with the little water drops, where I, my brain just instantly fixates on it, and... Yeah, you can't, like, let it go. I can't let it go. Yeah. And, like... When my brain is like locked into what something that I'm on the I'm on the trail for, it just it is just like fully fixated on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what are you gonna do to fix it? What are you gonna where, what are Or you what am I fixated on? Yeah, what are you fixated on? I, I think the pop is about to happen because of the, the is it Thursday. I don't know if it'll be Thursday exactly. I just know it's cl- it's really close. It it feels like it's really close, and I'm. I w- I'm getting this like, I want to puff up and swing big. Like I can just feel it in my intuition, in my bones, and I might be dead wrong. Like, who knows? Maybe a week from now I'll be apologizing for how wrong, I was while I was manically like, you know, in a certain state, but. Right now, I, I feel like I have high confidence for the market's about to make a big turn. It's about to break out of the range. It's about to move in a large way. And I, I feel like it took its final swings at the bubble over NVIDIA, over AI. And it's finally starting to come to an end. Like we're almost there. And there's enough market force that's about to occur that I don't think most of the market is watching. And I think it sets up for a perfect event, like a catalytic event to occur. So when you say we're almost to the end, could you elaborate on that? But... Yeah, I, so I talk about this on Substack, mm-hmm. where this week's a shortened week. 
I don't like to trade short in weeks. I don't like to carry. Holiday. Yeah, because the holiday, it's, it's short. It's also a month end, which means that there's already other right. weird right. stuff happening. There's a lot of reallocation of funds going on. On top of that, we're still sort of in the midst of um, ERs, but ERs aren't swinging in a motion that's relatively predictable, I would say. So what, I, what I've noticed so far in patterns is that cloud is out. So if you're a major cloud producer, you're out. So that's why companies like Snowflake took such a large hit. And that's why there's some companies this week that I think are going to take a pretty large hit as well in ERs. Um, AI is relatively in, but it's not bullshit AI. It has to be, it's really data centers with low cost returns. So the margins greatly expand on gross margin over time and they expand quickly, such as NVIDIA moving largely into data centers is really what's driving the major revaluation in NVIDIA. But I still don't think that valuation is correct. I, I think it's an overestimation, especially with uh, an oncoming recession with rate hikes right around the corner, as well as the market just doesn't seem to be pricing correctly or attunedly. Or not attunedly. It doesn't seem very attuned with itself. And this is sort of what makes me a bit of a different trader is I, I sort of go off feel at times where I'm looking for patterns and I'm looking for symmetry and I'm looking for like a tap. Like the market needs to tap at the correct pace. And if it's if it's tapping asymmetrically, then I know that it's going to revert, that there's going to be a large reversion back to the mean. So NVIDIA taking a large swing up doesn't actually indicate for me that the market is going to continue upwards. It actually shows to me that more, more likely than not, the market's more likely to make a large reversion to overcorrect for a for a move that was outside its standard deviation because it's really pulling hard on what I call like rubber bands. So like the rubber bands expand in your finger, right? Like you can do the visual where you put two fingers together really close, right? And the further you start pulling those rubber bands apart, the higher the resistance becomes. Yeah. And it wants to snap you back to the center, right? So right now it seems like there's some stock that are deviating far too away from, from, what, a, from what the mean is. So it, it wants to pull back, right? In the pullback, oftentimes it creates an overcorrection because there's this additional energy it generates, right? So if it pulls up really hard and it's trying to pull up really hard, it's going to overcorrect, possibly move down, right? Like it sort of jerks my hand down when I, when I, when I release the rubber band. Yeah. Finally, right? So the yeah. market might overcorrect back down. Okay. Or it might overcorrect back upwards, right? If it pulls too hard, you like gotta understand where the standard deviations are. Kind of becomes unstable. Right. Okay. Yeah. People might call it volatile, right? Like that—that's another term for it, uh, such as the VIX. But I like to think about it in symmetry and pattern and tapping. So like it's like sort of like you you try to like make it as think about it as like it's pulling apart, pulling apart, but it's it's starting to get resistance and it wants to pull back and it will pull back because. Really what drives it at the end of the day is, is the liquidity. There's only so much liquidity up above. And if you go too fast, high up, all of a sudden you're going to find yourself a long distance from the next nearest sell, from the next nearest buyers, from where they're selling at. 
And so that's what causes quick collapses in market price. Oh, okay. It's because the buyers jump so far up, or sorry, the sellers jump so far up really quickly to the, on their hold that they find themselves so far apart from the, from the buyers. That's what the rubber band is, is sellers and buyers starting to pull apart from each other. Right. Yeah. And once they're outside a certain deviation from each other, the, they have to correct. And most, most times, the overcorrection comes from sellers, not from buyers. Because buyers inherently don't want to buy high, right? There, there might be some chase, there might be some FOMO, but eventually it runs out and it will correct back down to where, where the standard deviation of most buyers lie. And that's around the mean. So, you know, and if, it, if the price starts coming down really fast and really hard, well, the mean might drift slightly down. You have to create, you have to adjust for a correction because part of that problem is, is that buyers get scared. There's a psychology in watching a price drop quickly that buyers go, I'm not touching that stock, you know? Right, yeah. Whether it makes sense or not to be buying at the mean, right? So they're going to try to get a good deal. And I can sense that it is extremely far apart that the rubber bands have high tension on them and that there's going to be an overcorrection. Yeah. And I look for it in certain areas. Uh, I call it rats fleeing the ship. I'm looking for early warning signals of the overcorrection starting to take place. Obviously, like oil. Oil's an easy way to check if there's an overcorrection beginning. Right. The Dow Jones, in terms of like, if you're checking for a recession, the Dow Jones is a great place to start. And specifically underneath the Dow Jones cat, caterpillar, is a great way to measure whether there is a real estate and like uh, land and uh, land development recession coming as well. Um, although real estate and home buying is like a weird trapped bubble that I can get into in another day, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, so, okay, now my, now my brain's starting to calm down a little bit, where, (laughs) you were able to get it out, I was able to get it all out, it, it just, like, it gets really fast in my brain, and it wants to just explode out really quick, it's really fascinating watching you talk about it, because you use your hands to talk, right, so you're out here, like, building, using, like, your hands to, like, tell the story. Because you're doing it in a way of, like, obviously I'm right next to you, so I can I can see what you're doing. Um, so you're, like, you know, explaining sharing your knowledge that you have. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> now I'm, like... The sigh. Oh, my goodness. I said what I needed to say, and I, I yeah. yeah, I'm glad it's out there. I, I don't take big swings like that very often. Normally, I'm, I try to stay pretty balanced in my, in my takes, and um, once it's out there, I'm like, Phew. No, that was, that was, that was an aggressive, uh, I don't, how do I say it? I guess your opinion, you know, a lot of stocks has to do with opinion. I mean, there there is facts to stocks, but like, with you, your opinion on like when it's gonna happen, how it's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I would say that you, you kind of stay like middle ground, but then when you're like really, you know, positive, that it's going to go a certain way, you jump at it. I do, and I, I yeah. normally don't lit up on, on the punch I try to throw. That's the manic in you? That's the <laughs> manic in me. I, I know when to seize the gap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you ever finish reading the stack today? Oh, no. I only made it to, like, the fourth paragraph of your reflection. <laughs> yeah. It was a busy day for me today. I know. Yeah, I know you're running around, which yeah. is totally fine. Um, but no, I can, I can take a look over it. It was a long, it was a long sub stack. I, so I do this weird thing, which is so funny. Um, so in the sub stack app, I can go to the post page where it like shows the different posts from all the different sub stackers and stuff. And then it'll tell you how long, uh, the read is for the blog that day. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be like five minute read. 10-minute read. Today was a 21-minute read <laughs> for me. And I went, oof. That was, um, I poured a lot in today. But it's incredible, too, because, you know, you let me know that you posted it. And, like, I usually try to skim through it just so I can get a gist of what you said. Right. And I was like, holy shit. You write, like, incredibly fast. I do. I have no fucking idea how the fuck you do. Like, it blows my mind. That 21-minute read I wrote in... Less than 30 minutes. No, 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 no. No, oh my god. <laughs> I I had a... As soon as I, I... What did I do? I got off the phone. And I was, like, on fire. Because I was talking to, like, another fund. And, um... I had an idea. And then I was kind of like, shit, I don't have a reflection for today. I was like, what what happened over the weekend? And then I remembered like that little anxiety that you get around like when you're just sitting by the pool doing nothing and it drives you fucking nuts. And also like, yes, yesterday it, it was a holiday. It's like my body knows it's a Monday. My body knows I should right. be at work. My body knows, like, this is out of routine. So it, like, throws you off. I mean, shit, that's probably why I went to bed at 6 a.m. last night. Yeah, yeah. You were probably just completely thrown off. My body was like, what the fuck? By the circadians. Yeah. Um, but, no, I, I, I skimmed over your sub stack, and it's incredible how quickly you're able to write write them because I don't know like so yeah you you always just kind of post like the first edit like it's always your rough draft you know you don't go through and like finalize and, like, no but I in my writing process I spend a lot of time rewriting a sentence so I'm I'm doing revisions as I write okay so like I'll write a sentence go back change it at the end real quick and make sure like reread I reread through each sentence probably two or three times before I and I know where it's going and I'm composing it to build up a lot of times to something I I wrote that whole post in two hours I mean what I'm doing is really hard (laughs) you you know no I know and it's like it's incredible because you don't like plan out 
you don't you don't have these already written and then you just I have you know, like I start planning in the morning. Yeah. Like you literally you sit here and you know you actually reflect with how you're feeling that day or how you've been feeling and then you go on off, you know. Right. You pop off about the market. But the problem is too is so the market only gives me a very limited window to write. Right. Um I don't have a sense of what the market is until about 11 o'clock each day. Oh, why is that? Because there's, well, I could break this down. The market can be divided into multiple sections each day, and you can pretty much categorize it to and make the events predictable. Um, I call it like, so like there's R1, or retail session one, which is from like 8.30 to about 10.30, which is where a lot of, most of the retail buying happens during the day before like day traders start stepping in. Um, at about 10.30, the market starts taking shape. You can start to see trends form. And at about 11 o'clock, you have enough early patterns to start making assumptions about where the market will go that day oh. and then where it will go tomorrow. Okay. And from that window then, I have about a, from 11 to 12, to one to two. So about I have about a four-hour window to write my reflection, my, my markets, you know, whatever educational piece I'm putting in that day as well. Yeah. So four hours, I don't really have four hours because I'm also monitoring the market at the same time as it develops on top of managing the fund, on top of, you know, um, answering phone calls on top of (laughs) taking taking meetings at the same time yeah so typically i'm balancing through about five six activities at the same time and then at the same time i'm I'm composing and things will change i've thrown out entire sections and and gone back and rewritten things or um i'll be investigating or or talking to someone on the phone looking at an account and then like change up how i think about the account or a, a whale's option will hit the flow and it completely changes my perspective on where I thought the market was going. And um, so you just have you like you have to be quick on your feet. And right, and I I have to fully adapt. Analyze, yeah. And when I hit send, I have to be really sure that the research that I put together that day it's dead on the money. So. You know, I mean, and that's a lot of pressure to be be right on only about two to three hours of data that you have. You have two yeah. to three hours of data each day. You kind of knew where the market was going leading up to it. You have the news events for the day. You know what the catalysts are for tomorrow. Um, and they always say that the market is like, it looks six months ahead. It doesn't really look six months ahead. It, it really looks day to day. And it thinks about events six months ahead as it hits the news, the news line, because algorithms have completely changed how trading occurs. So the market completely misprices all the time. <coughs> Excuse me. So the market misprices all the time, which is so funny because I see people on Twitter get upset all the time about well, the, it's supposed to be priced in. Nothing's really priced in now. Like, it does what it does. The crowd chases. You have to understand uh, mob mentality. You have to understand psychology. You have to understand liquidity. 
as it's occurring, it they just try to feed you the lie. It's priced in, nothing's manipulated, just know the market, know better. And really, that's not true. I mean, none of it's really that true. They, they make it up as they go along. And if you can put yourself in the mindset of what a fund's going to do, what the largest funds are going to do, which funds are, are exposing themselves and other funds are going to take advantage of, if you can figure that shit out, you start to be able to predict the market in real time. And then you're able to figure out where the market's going next. And then it gets trickier because then you have to start factoring in catalysts. And how will a fund react to, to X catalyst versus Y catalyst? And is X catalyst more weighted than Y catalyst? And at the same time, somehow you have to be able to factor that all in to where your algorithms are and to trust your algorithms and to trust the news leads that you have forming and then to be able to compose it all into a market story and write it all in two hours and it'd be right and readable and compact and succinct and compelling. It has to be compelling too. I can't just, I just can't, I can't state data. Yeah. Yeah. And expect my audience to understand it because I'm trying to provide research that is compelling. You know, I'm not trying to win them over, but I'm trying to make sure that they can understand what's happening. And I think you do it in a really good way. Yeah. Thank you. Piggybacking off of our last podcast, you, you know, you share your knowledge and your knowledge goes a long way. I try. Yeah. You know? And I. But also pisses me off when you're like, well, I got one thing wrong. And I'm like, what do you fucking do it with one thing? Like, <laughs> give yourself a goddamn break. But, you know, you are a perfectionist, so. I really want to be right because it, it drives me. Bonkers. It drives me bonkers. But also, too, there's people on Twitter that pose that they're 100% right. Or there's people I know in real life that, you know what I mean? Like, I know you fucked up on your fund. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just tell the truth. Just say I Stop fucked up. Being a know it all. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I'm gonna figure it out. I'll I'll know what you did. <laughs> There's no point in lying to me. There's no hiding from But I also feel that same sense of honesty with myself too, is like Yes, I think I'm one of the best at this and I think I have to have a level of confidence to be able to go to bat every day you know I have to like think like a goldfish in a way and not really remember if I'm fucked up if I'm on a bad run you know I don't I don't let it get to me I don't get the yips and and you know clench up hard I wish I had one of those buzzer sounds because (laughs) yay I like you know I like when you you take credit for your work. Like, you're, you're proud of yourself. Because I don't think that... I don't think you understand how fucking much of a genius you are. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you're sitting here and you're like, I think I'm the best at it. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> meow, meow. <laughs> Sound the alarms. <laughs> I love to hear it. Makes me happy. Let's celebrate. Where's the confetti? Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, like, one thing that's been driving me nuts lately is, and I, like, yeah, I'm grumpy online, but I also, I get it. Some people are trying to make a living. Some people are trying to, I don't know, feel right in some way. But there was one stock, Ion Q, yeah. which I knew about yep. way before everyone else. Yeah. And I pitched it, and I said, I love this stock. It's a supercomputing stock. It's quantum. I don't think people are onto it yet. It's looking like it's going to dip below five. When it dips below five, I want to buy. I'm a hard buyer at anything below five on Ion Q, and I will hold until it doubles, minimum. Right? Mm-hmm. It doubled, and then it quadrupled. You know, I mean, like, some 200% later climb. Yeah. 268% climb later. That, that beat fucking NVIDIA. Um, and then uh, uh, people on Twitter are claiming, you know, they come out of the woodwork and saying, oh, I, I was buying it, you know, before the big jump. And I just sit there, and I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Nice try. I, I know. You know, I won't name names, but I know. I know who. <laughs> and they, they slowly fall out of my list. I mean, like, even the list that I compile on Twitter, who am I following on Twitter? It's, it's a very serious thing for me because I'm staking my own reputation yeah. by following these people. I'm saying that they are a trustworthy source of news. Yeah. Trustworthy source. For the markets. I mean, and that's hard. Because, I mean, I, and I don't think, maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to too far of a length. Like, I shouldn't be, I'm not necessarily vouching for others. But I want people to understand that, like, if I'm following an account, I generally believe they're greater than 60% correct. And, well, yeah. You know? try to not not try to use them for more information but right you you rely on them i respect the information that they're putting out right yeah yeah i might not agree with everything they're saying but i respect their takes at least they're creating some new content they're putting something out kind of opens your eye up to different perspectives as well even though i would argue that you think of it all (laughs) i don't know but different so I, I got ridiculed on Twitter for for pounding the table on Palantir. Oh. Back in, I want to say I started in January, and then people were making fun of me for it. And then now yes, all of a sudden were, it went real quiet because now, it, now they're one of the hottest AI stocks on the market. Huh. So they're trying to beat you down. Yeah. Saying that you're wrong. And you said, okay, watch. Okay, watch. And here we are. Last day of May. And it's I got another stock, too, that I'm talking about. Is it hot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of them is hot. I have I have a few leads on, on some other stock that I'm starting to investigate, too, that I'll be covering that I really like. Um... But right now I'm sort of in the mania of the market bubble where my, my brain is just is so locked in, hyper fixated. But there's some... The thing about 
um, a bubble pop is, yeah, step out of the way if, if the bubble is popping. But even in downturn, you can still find great stocks to buy into. There are definitely stocks out there that are that are going to start churning in value. They they start their their pop sooner than than the majority of the market. And if you know which stocks to hone in on, you are going to be set. So it it's about finding the right details. And it's about understanding what will recover first, what's most important to the economy and and specifically like I mean, I'm naturally slated to long stock. Like, I believe stock goes up over time. Just naturally, if GDP is to expand, right, um, which is what stock is always supposed to be inherently tied to is GDP, mm-hmm. gross domestic product, which is a measure of how much does your economy create year over year in very simple economic terms. But your GDP should be expanding if, if the economy is becoming more developed. If, if the nation has become more developed year over year and puts out more things, more products that can be bought, your GDP should expand, in theory. And we can get into some really weird economic mumbo-jumbo from here, but I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> mumbo-jumbo. But... There's certain things within GDP that are going to recover first. And if you know what you're looking for at the right time, you're going you're gonna to find some real gems. And there's some gems out there that people don't even realize yet. Because also, too, with every crash, the market changes dynamically. Because a recession is essentially a forest fire. It burns down the forest and allows for new trees to grow. Right? right? Some trees are going to start growing faster than others. They're going to be more at the forefront of the economy at the start because they're going to be more valuable. And knowing which ones are more valuable and not necessarily like, like I'm not hinting at go buy McDonald's because McDonald's is going to save you from a recession. Because, yeah, McDonald's does do great in recessions. But I'm talking about the pivot after the recession, right? The smart money that buys in to... (laughs) these stocks while no one's looking at them. And right. then they become these million dollar, then they just you know, billion dollar it. stocks. Yeah. yeah. And we're on the precipice of this once in a lifetime buying opportunity. And I really mean that. I don't mean that in the like bullet, bullish bullshit that constantly gets put out on Twitter. Once in a lifetime buying opportunity into the fucking bubble. Buy NVIDIA at 411X, it's P-E. You know, something like absolutely insane. I'm talking about these. There's some low stocks with low PEs that have solid fundamentals that are going to that are going to dynamically change the market. And they're out there. And it's about finding them before anyone else does, because you're the next billionaire if you do. And that's how you keep track of your. God, it's like over 200 different stocks. Oh, my watch list? Yeah, yeah. watch list. I, I track over 300 stocks at one time. Fucking insane. Yeah. I don't know how your brain doesn't just melt. <laughs> but, you know, you're built different. 
I guess so. I, I think my brain does better when it's juggling multiple variables at the same time. You know? I can see that. Definitely. I, I think I'm just a weirdo. I think... When you don't have enough to think about, you go haywire. <laughs> yeah. But that's sort of what I was getting at when I, when I was talking about the reflection today. Was it, it really bothers me that I can't just sit down, take a deep breath, and go, this is my life, you know? And be okay with, with it, you know? Like, it, it bothers me that there's some human anxiety that still occurs. Like, I'm not... Along with, relax, with, with relaxation. Uh, yeah. It's just over, overturned by anxiety. I don't just look at my life and go... Well, I do look at my life and I go, it's beautiful. Because I, I do think it's beautiful. I think everything in my life is, is absolutely amazing. And I'm so blessed to just be able to breathe every morning. He's got feelings, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but... For me to, like, truly believe that and know that, and, like, I, I know those thoughts are real. Yeah. But then to be sitting by the pool with you and that little anxiety pops up while I'm reading, Yeah. it bothers me because I... You don't know where that feeling's coming from. I don't know where it's coming from. That way. Yeah. Because and ultimately, you're just relaxing. You're, you're trying to have a good time. But well, and I thought I've conquered it, you know? Like, yeah. I thought... It it bothers me in, there's a, in the sense of, like, nirvana, where it's, like... I, I feel like I've taken steps to... Achieve it. Coming to peace within myself. Yeah. And then I find pieces of imperfection within myself that still need to be worked on. And throughout my life, it's never been any less imperfection. It's always been a, a constant chase for the perfection of of finding peace and if there's one thing i know it's that i'll that i'll always be perfectly imperfect like well if you're always i'm not trying to say always but if you're sitting here trying to think am i at my full like peaceful moment in my life your brain's immediately going to go to no so then you'll never achieve that feeling of being at peace. No, and I don't think I... Ex- let it feel. I don't think I expect that. I think I expect... I look back on my life in the moments where, you know, I was in dark places or I felt completely not at peace and I want to make sure that my life has evolved forward. Like, I find myself more at peace now than I did in, I don't know, my 200s, Yeah. right? Yeah. You know? I don't want to be the same man that I was then. Yeah. In the same sense of... Um, Just growth in general. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be that person. I want to be more, <laughs> more at peace, you know? I want to be that person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess what I was just trying to say is, like, if you're sitting at the pool and, you know, you're relaxing and then you get that feeling of anxiety of, like, oh, I should be doing something or I'm not, like, at full peace, you know, you're allowing that negative energy to creep in and that's not going to allow you to reach nirvana like you've spoken about. Like, right. You, you've kind of just got to let the feelings flow. 
Yeah. And, like, just be okay. I'm not even talking about a nirvana in the sense of, like, I want to achieve enlightenment after my life. I want to just live in peace in my life and enjoy it. For I want to I wanna get the most out of life that I can get out of it. I think you've achieved that in your 600 years you've been alive. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Touche. We're old. Yeah, we're old. Did you expect us to look this way? Mm, I think we we have the the secret for youth sound. <laughs> and the Maybe you do. Us. You're beautiful. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I'm I'm not sure you've ever aged a single day. <laughs> I don't look a day over eighteen, right? Oh my god. No, you you definitely look over eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> And give my audience the wrong idea. <laughs> I meant to say 21. I'm fucking tired. I know. Yeah. Well, we're at 45 minutes. We can, we wow. can call it a pod. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll do another pod later in the week. Yeah, I was thinking we we should should pot it up. Maybe. Pot it up a little bit more. Pot it up a little bit more. Pot it up a little more with our plants. They seem to like it. Yeah. You popped the fuck off tonight. This is going to be a good one. <laughs> you think? Yeah. You absolutely, like, I don't know. I, I, again, I try to, like, follow, follow the best I can because, you know, you're the whiz. I don't really understand all this stuff, but I'm trying. Um, so hopefully whoever's listening to this, you know, it's past our bedtime, some, and we we need to go to bed. Some sort of insight of what you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And hopefully there was some, like, funny it parts. It sounded like you knew what you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm out. I'm going to bed. I know. You're loopy, so. I'm like, nee, nee, nee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I love you. And I guess this was Merlin Uncensored 2. So. 2. Yeah. Yeah. We'll end it.